you need to know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Momo's going to join us in two minutes. Greg, what do you got? All right. So Urban Meyer is officially the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, what I want to know is over under three okay, and why, a half Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Why are you why, – why does it sound like you're drowning underwater? Like literally – See, didn't, now – I didn't hear you at first, and then I heard you say Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. I figured it out, and then your voice went away again. Like, what is going on there? Uh, I'm trying to move my microphone away from my face so it's not too loud. Uh, does it sound better now? It sounds fine now. You're Go good. ahead. Tell me, okay. tell me the story. Then I, will, then I will stick here. So Urban Meyer is now officially the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Now, how long do you give him over under three and a half years before he says something along the lines of, I will never coach again? I mean, he says that at every stop. So, I mean, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I'm, so I'm going to go under on that. Years. Now, he does have a unique situation where he has the number one pick. They've got 11 draft picks. He can get Trevor Lawrence. Um, but, listen, I think Urban Meyer is going to be a flop, okay? If Nick Saban didn't work in the NFL – now, granted, Urban Meyer has the upper hand of having the number one pick in the draft. Um, but Nick Saban also, uh, different time, right? He was, uh, you know, coming into the NFL – before the quarterback was a complete necessity, right, where we all knew you had to take a quarterback, he was still kind of in that in-between phase where people were still taking running backs high, uh, and he took Ronnie Brown instead of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, boy, did that not work out great. Um, but, uh, God, I'm still mad about that. It was bad. That. I'm still so mad about be. that. It was terrible. So mad about that. Um, but the uh, I, I think Urban Meyer, like, here's the thing that Nick ran into that Urban Meyer will run into. It's that, in college, you can recruit six guys, five, six guys that'll be number one uh, first-round draft picks. In the NFL, you only get one usually. You know what I mean? So even though he can get Trevor Lawrence, he's still got to make the right picks on the other with the other guys. And I just don't know if 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 he's willing to compromise on that stuff and be good at that stuff because uh, these guys are so used to having so much control in college. So I I think he's gonna flop personally. And you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't think that college coaches really ever work in the NFL because No, of I don't know about said. never. I mean Jimmy Johnson. Most of the worked. time. Yeah. Most I, of the time. There are very few that actually do work out. Yeah. I, I uh, mean there are guys who work out, but yeah, you're right. All right. So the the last story will be coming out of Houston. And since we're talking about James Harden so much, a yeah. Houston car wash is giving out free washes in exchange for James Harden jerseys. And what they plan to do with those jerseys afterwards, burn all of them. Is this a smart decision by the car wash or just kind of nonsense? I hate the burning jersey thing. It's just so stupid. Like, it's so dumb. Like, give those jerseys away to, like, a homeless shelter like or something. Like, you know, the Goodwill, the Salvation Army. Like, stop burning jerseys. Like, this is stupid. I don't care if it costs you a free car. Like, I don't have a problem if someone is turning it in for the free car wash, but the disposing of the jerseys is stupid. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the car wash itself, you're going to get you should get a lot of cars to go in that way. No, least, no, right? I agree. I don't have a problem with you turning it in for a free car wash. I have a problem with the place wanting to burn the jerseys. Just dumb. It's a dumb practice. It's all to get their name in the media, which they absolutely did. And that'll do it for what you need to know. By the way, I love how you turn into like broadcastery game show voice guy. <laughs> that hey. is what they do to get into <laughs> the media and they have Momo <laughs> Back to you as Momo joins us here now. Do you like Greg's <laughs> broadcaster voice? Hey. Hey. Um, maybe trying a little too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis, do me a favor. Do me a favor. You guys suck. 
Cut that up. <laughs> Cut that before I trans- we transition to Momo there and before yeah. I called him out for the broadcaster voice. I want to play that today a hundred times if we can. Because I it. want people to hear that. Yes, thank you, Curtis. I appreciate it. Uh, Curtis is in for Laura today. Momo, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, clearly, you were busy yesterday. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Like, the thing with those kind of trades is, like, it's sort of like, you know, it seems imminent for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And a lot of times it seems like imminent like that. And then it just doesn't even happen. Right. And so, so anytime you actually pull off, it's kind of amazing. You know what I mean? It, yeah. They actually pulled that off. They actually got James Harden. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, are you there? Cause I, th- you were kind of breaking up a little bit there. Okay, maybe we've lost her. Uh, we'll work on that. Um, Bergman. You going to make fun of me again for my, my radio I voice? Mean, I mean, I, Curtis, <laughs> there's no way Curtis turned it around that quickly, but I really do want to make fun of it until we get Momo back. I don't – what – why did you talk like that, though? So I, I, I don't – I mean, I don't know when I'm changing my voice, but it was really just because I was transitioning over yeah. to that'll do it for yeah. you, what you need to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, Momo, real Am I quick. Back? Bef- Am I back? Yeah, you are back. You are back. You are back. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're saying that uh, you said that sometimes those things happen and they, they never even materialize, but this one, if, you oh, know, yeah. it did happen, right? Obviously in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, you know, it was interesting with Harden doing the press conference that night before. I think that's, you know, I had been hearing chatter for a couple days before that, like, oh, things are heating up, things are heating up, you know? And, and, and the thing is, it's, it's sort of like, you know, <sighs> okay, I'll believe it when I see it, right? It's like the, you know, the trade who cried wolf, right? And you just kind of get to this point where it's like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. But when he did that press conference the night before, I was like, oh, okay, it's close. He wouldn't have yeah. done that press conference like that right. if, it, if it wasn't close, you right. know? Right. He just uh, needed to give Houston that last, you know, kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, hey, come on, let's go. Let's get this across the let's finish go. line. By the, I know by the way. offers you have. You yeah. Know, By the way, good. we were also doing that too, and I will take people behind the scenes. Uh, I know that Josh, one of the producers at Around the Horn, was texting you because um, yeah. I was on the <laughs> horn yesterday. And oh, that must have sucked. <laughs> we were sitting around for two hours waiting oh, to figure out so when sorry. that was going to drop. And what we ended oh. up – yeah, so we ended up getting it done. But good Lord, um, we were just sitting there going like, come on. Like we were all looking at our phones like, come on, Ramona. Come on, Momo. Come on, Woj. Exactly. One of you, who do you it, please. With? Who were you on with? Uh, it was me, um, Kevin Blackestone, Tim Kalashaw, and Emily Kaplan. Okay, so Kaplan would have been cool because she's just like young and you know right. excited to be on, yeah. and yeah. She, I think she's great, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, you're cool because you're easygoing, but you also have a radio show to get to, and like right. But I did it yesterday. You know? All I had was the yeah. Clipper Pelican game, so there was that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so this one was um, it was interesting because like I got the call around eight thirty in the yeah. morning. Yeah. Thinking that hey, it, it's on. It's between Philly and and, and Brooklyn, right. and I think we're gonna know within a few hours. And okay. I called Woj, and we kind of can, you know, we we were like at the ready, and yeah. then I got a call saying, "Hey, imminently." And that's when after we reported, you know, the two, the you know, it's, that's why he's not practicing today, okay? Yeah. And it's imminent. I, I think I was texting with Josh the whole time, saying like. You know, if I were you, Josh, I would tape both segments. I said, I'm, 
I'm 90% sure it's going to be Brooklyn. But if you want to just send, if you want it to be Brooklyn, if I were you, I would just tape both segments. A, it's Brooklyn, and B, it's Philadelphia. So we taped three. Right. We taped did three. Really? We did a, 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 it's imminent, nothing is happening, but what do you think? Yep. Uh, we yep. taped a Brooklyn and we taped yep. a Philly. So yep. we did. We did we did three of them actually yesterday. I which was, was trying to hilarious. spare you from the Philly one because I didn't yeah. think it was gonna be Philly. <laughs> right. Right. But I really did think it was gonna be imminent. And I think honestly, the the delay, there was about an hour where I got a call saying imminent it, it, right. they're deciding final offers. Yeah. And then like five minutes, and I, I think I t- told Josh that you guys were probably excited. And then it was like an hour and a half later. And I was like, hey, what happened to Imminent? And the birth, you know, a couple of people I was talking to were like, I think they're trying to flip Levert, right? Like that that was the last. Well, and now we it. know because there was four teams involved. So yeah, that's why it, it took so long. Right. The three teams was kind of like that was heating up, I think, the night before and coming into focus, right? Whether it was going to be Philly or it was Cleveland was going to get those other two guys and do the other pick, right? Right. So that was that was kind of working out with both deal constructions right so it was interesting yeah but, what a crazy day like for two hours everybody yeah. on social media was going nuts until and then when oh. it happened people really went nuts but, well and you know you know when you have like a big trade like that when you get the final call and you, you're like it's done okay when yeah. when you know i got a call and then i called Woj, he got and then he got a call we had you know two three sources on this and it was you're still nervous. Like right. you're still like you're typing it out yeah. and your hands are like shaking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. Cause, Cause it's a really lot of information deal. to take in. It's a lot of stuff to have to get right because you got to get it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like that's what I don't yeah. think people realize what, how, why your job and Woj and everyone who does that, their job, the job is so hard because there's so much information coming at you so fast, right? Yeah. When it comes, it comes in a tidal wave. Imagine Correct. like all those details that you guys had to put out in yep. a matter of seconds. And by the way, you had to do they, it quickly because someone else will also try to beat you to that story as well. Yeah. And those details change just a little bit as they're coming out. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So like I had I had kind of I kind of had a sense of a deal construction you know, in the morning, I think I texted you what I thought it was yeah. going to look mm-hmm. like, yeah. right? Four first, four swaps, and these players. Right. But you don't put that out until you're 100,000% sure from Correct. like two, three sources because sometimes things just change a little bit, like a second-round pick gets added in there yeah. and somebody somebody who was in the trade gets pulled out of the trade. I mean, right. it changes, you know, so yeah. many times. It's nerve-wracking. It. It's nerve-wracking. Yeah, so it I told Woj, I said, listen, let's just, let's just report – James Harden is going to Brooklyn. <laughs> right? right. And the first one is he's going to Brooklyn. It's done. Then when we get all, then when we confirm every little details detail to up, follow, we'll that. right? Details as we get one more confirmed. Because you know the problem is if you get one little thing wrong, and I've had this happen to me in my career before, where like this was last year. I remember it was actually this ended up being somewhat historically significant. Okay, this was remember last year when Jimmy Butler went to Miami and there yeah. was a trade with Dallas. Mm-hmm. And the initial trade construction. The Goran Dragic scored. deal that fell through, right? Right. That deal was supposed to go through. Okay. Right. That was that was the initial construction. If you're a Heat fan, you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad that didn't happen, right? Right. I mean, Goran Dragic was amazing for them last year. And, you know, if you're a Mavs fan, you're like, oh my God, Goran Dragic with Luka Doncic, that would have been amazing too, right? Yeah. But there was a one construction of that, and then the Mavericks kind of backed out of that. Mm-hmm. And 
it wasn't like so that's one of those things like you learn like even though you have all the details and all the you know a couple sources on it until there's a trade call right until there's yeah. a trade call where all the deal everybody says yes and the league says yes and they fax everything into the off league office it's not done yeah people can change their minds people can turn things around right yeah no question about it um before I go to break here, because I do want to talk about mm -hmm. kind of how what this means for the Lakers and kind of their championship yeah. chase and, and how the landscape in the league looks different from a title contender standpoint. Um, I Now, very small sample size. Okay. I spoke to um, a front office person today. Okay, so it's only one. <laughs> um, and they said to me, they feel like maybe Brooklyn gave up a little too much. Yep. Because... Again, if you look at, like, the Clippers trade for Paul George, they that was almost like a two-for-one. Like, in right. essence, yeah. Sam Presti was bringing them – it was landing them Kawhi and Paul George. Correct. Yeah, that's uh, right. Whereas in, until KD re-signs in Brooklyn in a couple of years, we mm -hmm. won't know if this was enough – if this was too much or just enough uh, until that happens. That's right. I agree with that. Um, but I also feel like, you know – in some ways, the situation with Kyrie Irving factors into this. And I know Sean Marks said it didn't, et cetera. But I can tell you that there was deep debate within the Nets front office and ownership, et cetera, over the past week and a half about how the Kyrie Irving situation should affect their thinking on this deal. I, I think they were interested in this in getting James Harden before anything happened with Kyrie. So that that's true, okay? But they had to process this. Like, what does Kyrie Irving's situation mean for how aggressive we should be about this deal? And is it, you know, when you say too much, we said the same thing about Anthony Davis trade. We did. No, I, I said it. no, not me. Not, I did not. I pushed back on that because I, because I think that knowing LeBron, right, it, right. Th just that fit with LeBron, I was like, that's exactly what he needs. I, you know, I just think there's a lot of questions with this. And let's tackle yeah. some of those on the other side. Right. Um, and let's also talk about what this means for the Lakers and the Clippers even in their title yeah. chases. So let's get into all that on the other side. Momo's going to be with us all hour. Uh, we'll get back in about three and a half minutes. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You know, on second thought, was it as bad as I thought it was in, on the initial, uh, you know, on the initial uh, try? Craig? Thank you. Thank you. Play it one more time, just Curtis. Just talking. I mean, you, you kind of sang it. He did pause. sing it. Yeah. It and he sang pause. it. He, he sang it, too. a lot too. of post-processing All right, okay. It. I'm going to actually defend Greg here. Thank because you. Because... As the person who did the podcast, right, the 30 for 30 podcast, yeah. there's a certain voice you have to have. There's a certain voice that you have to have is your podcast voice. And it's a little slower and a little richer, and you pause for emphasis. Emphasis, <laughs> right? I love it. <laughs> 
right? It's like you have to have something. Like you can't just talk normal when you're doing like podcast voice, right? Like I'm doing podcast Momo, right? And it's, it's, it, it's still you, but it's you with a little more of a smooth delivery. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Curtis, one more time. Um, it, 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 you just, he, he sang it a little bit. The pause, and he what? sang it. He did sing. No, he, I mean, not as a, bad, not as egregious as I thought uh, initially, though. Definitely. There's not. a there's a little bit of inflection. I'm sorry, I. Yeah, yeah it's my fine. Voice. It's fine. Yeah. It. it I, listen, I can admit if I may have oversold something. I can absolutely admit that. Um, All right. Thank you. So, Momo. But it's funnier either way. Let's just pretend that you didn't, and it was funny. Oh, it was it, terrible. It was funny in the in real life when I heard it, and I well, maybe I wanted to hear it a different way, but anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Greg, so, what you were really saying is, and that'll do it for what you need to know. I'm going to do right? the next That's what, what you need you to know. To I'm going to do it in a radio voice. The entire what you need to know will be in a radio voice at ah, 555. I nice. promise that. Nice. All right, there we go. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Momo will just will stick around just to hear it. There you go. Um, yeah. All right, so Momo, before we get to the Lakers and what the Brooklyn thing means for them, let's let's finish the Brooklyn discussion here. Um, okay. So this big three, and, and look, I have firsthand knowledge of covering a big three, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I remember that. It was not always fun. Um, <laughs> it, it was, but it wasn't, right? Like, it was there's, always there's, entertaining, though. The, it, always entertaining, right? Like there, but there's a lot, you know, of, in, of, of stuff that goes into covering one of those teams. Um, I do think though, look, no team will ever have to deal with the vitriol that that team dealt with, but, um, this team doesn't have a guy in Chris Bosh that doesn't need the ball, right? This team has three guys that kind of need the ball. Um, and that to me, while I think they are the best team in the Eastern conference, cause I do firmly believe that stars win, right? And they have the most stars in the East. I don't think they're better than the Lakers. I'm not sure they're better than the Clippers. And then they have the situation of, I don't know how Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni and Jacques Vaughn and them on that staff are going to be able to deal with three ball-centric guys. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when we've seen other big threes, like LeBron and AD was a big two, but they totally fit together. They really did. Like, their games are just great fits. I think it's probably the best fit that LeBron's had with any other teammate, and just in terms of, you know, what AD does, you know, and how he can play off of LeBron. These guys, I wouldn't look at it and say that's a fit. I wouldn't. I mean, and I think that, like, if there's anyone who could figure it out, it's Mike D'Antoni, and, mm-hmm. and he's the offensive wizard there. Steve Nash, obviously, was, he, like, Mike D'Antoni's offense is Mike D'Antoni's offense, but it's also created by Steve Nash. Like, he's co-creator. Like, right. lyrics ly- lyrics by Mike D'Antoni, Melody with Steve Nash, right? Okay, yeah. if you want to say it's like yeah. lyrics yeah. and music, right? So, to me, like, they brought in this era of positionless basketball. They created this, you know, the modern idea of spacing and all that. I think it's going to be a really interesting science project for them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I still have this. I, I'll, I'll send it to you at some point when Mike D'Antoni was the coach of the Lakers. And he was just kind of, like, diagramming for me how, how offense should look. And he, like, he starts writing out on a note. He, I gave him my notepad, and he started, like, diagramming it all. And it was interesting. And, he like, he, he sees basketball like jazz. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, he just yeah. sees it as, like, the ball's got to find motion, and it's got to move, and it's – None of those guys strike me as basketball jazz. They all kind of strike me as like isolation, 
a lot of dribbling. Right. Really good at that. So I, I, that, like, I see what you're saying, you know, in, a, in, a, in, in, in this world of, like, how the hell is that going to fit together? By the I way, also... by the way, did you hear what Charles Barkley said on TNT today? No, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> he said, man, Kevin Durant went from these, man, Kevin Durant went from the Splash Brothers to the Dribble Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. No. And, you know, it's just from a basketball fit standpoint, it's hard yes. to picture it right away. Yes. But I also think you never know when a guy is ready to win. Like when they're really ready to do what it takes to win. You know, that same thing that Doc Rivers always talked about in Boston with those three guys. Now, I think those three guys fit together really well. Yeah. One was a defensive superstar, Kevin Durant, like Bill Russell. Okay. Like he's just, I'm sorry, Kevin Garnett. He's like a Bill Russell type. He's like defense, rebounding, snarling. I mean, he's a good low post player, good high post player, but he, you know, he fit really well with Paul Pierce, who was the slasher, and then Ray Allen, who's a shooter. It was a, it, like those three skill sets fit together. These three skill sets, I don't quite see it, but I'm going to be really interested to find out because, like, you got two guys who are sort of combo guards who are more like James Harden, I think, is more point guard than shooting guard. Kyrie's more shooting guard than point guard, but they're sort of interchangeably, they've done that in their careers. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of isolation basketball um, just, just based on their skill sets, but I also think, you know, just talent wins sometimes. <laughs> so, right. No, and that's right. generally been the history of the sport. Right. Talent figures out a way to win. They just, you know, and maybe James Harden is at the place in his career where it's like we always say he needs another fit, he needs another player, he needs another, you know. Maybe he's just, maybe he really did this because he's ready to win. I don't know. We'll see. I'll give it a month before I start really weighing in on how it looks. Give it a yeah, month. Yeah, I had this discussion on Horn yesterday with uh, mm -hmm. our buddy Kevin Blackstone, and he's like, you know, James Harden, you know, does, you know, does, you know, he's going gonna, gonna to be weird because he's going to want to be the man and this, that, and the other. And I said, no. I said, James Harden doesn't go to a team with Kevin Durant and think he's the man. Like, I, I know that all these guys have egos, but there's no way that he believes he's better than Kevin Durant, right? Uh, he might in his own way. You know what I mean? Like, I think they all, they, I think it, what's fun about it too is like Harden and Durant played together for like right. several years where Harden was the sixth man. You remember? Yes. And it was, he was not James Harden at the time. He was like, everyone I've talked to who knew him back then said he was a little bit of a different guy back then. Even mm -hmm. he was, he was, um, uh, you know, he wasn't a full fledged superstar in his own right. And so I think that with him, it's, it's, it's really going to be, has he been humbled enough to understand like Kevin Durant's the alpha there. He's the best player. Like he just is. And James Harden, you're probably, it's probably a little bit, he probably eats second and Kyrie's going to have to eat third. None of their profiles make me think that that's going to be okay with him eventually. Right? Like they, they've all eaten first. Like Kyrie left LeBron because he wanted to, you know, be eat the more. guy he yeah. wanted to. Yeah. Eat more. Right. Okay. Um, but it's maybe sometimes when you put three sort of radioactive elements together, maybe they do find some stability. I don't know. We'll see. It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting chemistry experiment. And you and I are in the business of content. And no, no, they're, they're going to provide plenty oh. of it. Uh, and I want to talk about how that content will shift 
uh, and perhaps change the way the Lakers look at it because LeBron was noncommittal on answering about the Brooklyn Nets yesterday because he was focusing on their game. Um, but my guess is he'll have uh, more to say uh, here over the coming days uh, as they get ready to take on the Pelicans tomorrow. I'm sure he may have some some thoughts on that. But you and I can discuss what this means for the Clippers and the Lakers yeah. specifically in their chase for championships. So we'll get into that. Uh, on the other side, we'll be back in three and a half minutes. Momo hanging out. Sedano and LZ, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Song. Normally on Wednesdays at 5 o'clock, but we didn't have a show this week. This is literally Momo, our first show this week, because the Lakers have been on. Is that really? Uh, yeah, 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 because the Lakers wow. have been on. So it's like we haven't had a show. Um, and and yeah. uh, we'll have a short show tomorrow. Um, and then I'm I'm on the game. I'm on Lakers-Pelicans with Mark Jackson and, nice. and, and Dave Pash. I'll actually get to see Ireland in person for the first time in wow. 10 months. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But uh, I think the last time I saw Ireland in person might have been the week before COVID. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I And I actually, I don't even think I saw him in L.A. I think I saw him in New Orleans because the Lakers were playing in New Orleans. I want to say that that was the place I saw him last. But speaking of the Lakers... So the big deal, the Brooklyn Big Three now, um, you know, we mentioned LeBron didn't have an opinion on it just yet. Uh, have you talked to anyone at the Lakers or the Clippers just in regards to uh, whether it's a player or whatever, just someone in the organization about how they feel? Um, also, how do you feel uh, about them as a title contender in comparison to the Lakers and the Clippers? Uh, I haven't talked to anyone specifically there. Um, just like a little text here or there, like right. nothing that I would even point to as somebody's sure, opinion. Sure, sure, yeah. Little back and just a slight back and forth. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is, I, I mean, look, if you're the Lakers and the Clippers, like, I mean, the Lakers are the defending champs. Like, everybody's got to go through them. Yeah. And I, I know that you know there is some, resi- like, for I, I think what's fa- most fascinating about it to me is. Yeah, look, the team in the Eastern Conference that if they were to get back to the finals, like who they come out to play, last year we thought, oh, okay, Milwaukee, maybe Boston or Toronto or something, right? It'll be in Miami, okay? They got – whoever it is, they got to get there. Now, the Lakers, I would say, from a matchup standpoint, got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, okay, James Harden is James Harden, yeah, but they did all right on him last year in the in the playoffs. He didn't, he didn't kill him. You know, they did all right defending him on the perimeter. They have a lot of they have a lot of guys who can do that. Um, Kyrie, yeah, he would be a he would be an individual one on one problem. And then I think like Anthony Davis guarding Durant. Right? I mean that's what I put on him. I'd feel pretty good about yeah, that. Yeah, they go small. That's what you do because you don't really worry about like DeAndre Jordan or anyone. No. LZ um, is back. He was having uh, some issues. Um, I was throwing up. Yeah, I didn't want to say that until you said it. Yeah, I was. Yeah. You know, there Damn. was some undigested sushi I noticed in there. Oh, no. So it must have been That's must never have been good. Did you, you get, like, gas station sushi or something? No, you didn't do that, no, did no. You? That's the thing. Like, this is going to sound ridiculous. 
That was the first time I've had sushi in Arizona since we bought this house. Because mm. I'm ah. like, there's no water. Yeah. I don't trust it. Right. Right. And, and I've been trying to be better about my diet. You know, I want to get shredded for the summer mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to do protein shakes for breakfast, eat sushi, blah, 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 blah. And the first time I went and had sushi at this one spot, I end up a little gurgly. I've been gurgly all day, but I've been basically ignoring it. But as, as I've been sitting, it's just been more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So um, I did the finger thing and uh, took care of business. Oh, man. The finger thing. I mean, it is efficient. It's a go-to. Yeah, it, it is efficient. Because at yeah. first I was waiting for it to come naturally. And like 10 yeah. minutes went by and I was like going, no, nah, forget this. So uh, yeah. just a backstory, Bobo, before you came on, uh, we did yeah. the last segment before you came on, LZ goes to me, George. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I got to throw up. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'll just wait till Momo gets here. And then that way you can just do it. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, you should have told me I would have come on a little bit earlier. I was just uh, hanging. You know, I didn't know you would. Down you could have texted like me. You could have texted me and be like, you ready? Can you come on a little early? I'm, I'm but not, it was, you know. You know, it's so funny. It was like driving and you have yeah. like an eighth of a tank of gas left. So you're mm-hmm. not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nervous. Yeah, you're not it's, quite it's, there. Not yeah. quite there, but yeah. you're still, you're nervous. Okay. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you a little story. This is, mm-hmm. uh, are we just going to gross each other out today? Because why not? All just right. go. Just go. I was hosting a show with Kellerman one day. Mm-hmm. He, Max Hellerman was, um, he used to have the Max and Marcella show, right? Yep. And I was in with him and I was having that same thing. I don't know what it was. I was just like, oh man, I need to make it through this show. Oh boy. <laughs> and you start getting that, like, you start getting that, like, kind of cold, clammy sweat. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. oh yep. God. Yep. It's, oh, my whole body's just needing to just, uh. And I thought I was going to make it. I thought I was fine. And then there was this part where I was like, I'm literally on air. I'm literally on here, and I'm like, no. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Oh, no. And I, I mean, what, what am I like? Max, I got to go. Max, I got to grab this this trash can. Like, oh, no. Next to me in the studio. Like, it was, like, there. I was like, oh, I mean, usually it doesn't happen that quick. Usually you got a minute, you got a minute or yeah, two. Yeah, no, right. it was happening. Oh. It was going. Oh, and no. I was just like, oh, no. Can I, what do I do? So I just kind of, like, held it in. I just kind of like burped a little and held it in a little bit came up and I was like, Oh, that's so gross. That's so gross. Yeah. But I don't even think he noticed. I really don't. It he was just like, keeps talking smack. He's probably adjusting his, uh, his sunglasses. No, he was, I mean, he was probably on some sort of soliloquy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he was just going on, like doing his that's doctoral thesis. Yeah. Right. You just, you just let him go. I mean, yeah. I talk a lot too, but like when I would host with Max, the first two hours, I would let Kellerman just go. And every once in a while I would like get in there just a little bit. But then he would get a little tired. It was a four-hour show. So I was like, okay, I'll get to talk in the second two hours. <laughs> like, so it was like early enough in the show that I was like, oh, it's okay. So <laughs> like, I really don't even think he noticed. I think I just kind of was like, <clears throat> and I just kind of coughed. And it just was like, okay, that was gross. Should we call him up? And, uh, and let him know that that day you were, right, no. you were trying to, you were throwing up, you were throwing up. Uh, by no, way, and the- I just like immediately went and got like a soda at the because gross that's so gross in your mouth oh god yeah 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 for sure yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way the max kellerman show each and every weekday at 11 o'clock yeah on, uh, good 7, plug, george good ESPN. Plug. So entertaining. that's right you yes. don't get up to throw up yeah. uh, all right <laughs> you Let, let's finish this in. lakers conversation yeah. uh on the other side and how you know what, what you know you were you were making a point ramona about uh the lakers are the champs and um uh, there is a certain uh, confidence that comes with that 
Uh, so we'll discuss that uh, when it comes to Brooklyn on the other side and, and get into the Clippers a little bit uh, and then get a quick thought uh, on the playoff games this weekend in the NFL from you uh, before we let you go. So thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, Momo will be back. LZ is back. And we will be back in about three minutes. But first, my girl Karen Kay with a look at traffic. And I'm good. Hope you guys are feeling good now. Hey, we're going to go to a Griffith Park two-car two car crash blocking the uh, left leg. Don't make me laugh, Momo. 134 eastbound, right before Riverside Drive, Victory Boulevard. Traffic is now stopped from Buena Vista Street, Riverside Drive. So that's bunching up through Griffith Park. This report sponsored by Taco Bell. Your cravings for Taco Bell's nacho fries can haunt you anywhere at any time. And there's only one way to escape. Run to a participating Taco Bell location near you because Nacho Fries are back for a limited time. With traffic, I'm Karen K710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Oh, my God. Seriously? You going to pull that one up on me? <laughs> That's a long time. That is a long that time, That is a long girl. time. That was a long time ago, too. I've definitely farted in the last two months. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. I've farted in the last two minutes. <laughs> I hope you've had more than Momo hanging out. Uh, Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Wow. Uh, we have talked about throwing up. Man. Last uh, couple of segments. We do want to talk, instead of farting around, we want to talk about the Lakers no. real quick. So, Momo, you were, All right. you, were saying, you were saying that the Lakers um, are the champs. And you know what? That's the deal. So, Brooklyn, you come with your fancy little big three, and it don't mean nothing. That's right. It doesn't mean anything yeah. until you do it. I mean, look, yeah. th these we've seen these big threes before. They don't always work. They got to fit together. They got to be together. We don't know. And I think part of the reason, George, that, they, that Brooklyn felt okay about doing this trade is just the uncertainty with Kyrie. Like, is he yeah. going to be back? If he comes back, what's it going to be right. like? So if you don't know if you have Kyrie 100% in all the way, then maybe right. you don't have a big three. Maybe you just have a big two, but at least you got a big two right. now, and you're not wasting it's Kevin insurance. Durant's prime. Yeah. Yeah, it's insurance for sure. LZ had a great point, uh, a great question earlier, LZ, before you went to go throw up uh, about the pecking order. Uh, why don't you ask Momo that question? Yeah, why are so many people naturally assuming that James Harden is now going to be the Robin? as opposed to Kyrie, who's the one who has, in my opinion, the better resume. So you're saying Harden should be Alfred. He, sh he should be. He's the one. <laughs> and not Kyrie. And, and everyone else has been to the finals but him. He well, went once. He went oh, no, no, once. he'd been there. Yeah, he went he once. was with OKC. Yeah, I was just yeah but he, he don't have a ring. Katie and Kyrie have rings. He doesn't have a ring. And, right. he, yeah. and when he went, he went as Alfred. Did he not? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He was. He did go Alfred and played and played like if he was actually Alfred. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, wow. I mean, remember that? Do you remember what happened? There was all those rumors about him and Trina, and like she did some some hex on him or something, or I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it was no. something crazy like Forget that. All I, that. I, mean, I honestly felt it was because he was tasked with guarding LeBron James. 
And it's like no yeah, one that young is going to come out looking good in the finals against LeBron James at the height of his powers. Well, actually, all three of those guys were still at the peak of their powers that year. And they, yeah, and those guys were way too young to compete against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't fault him as much, but it seems as if it may have been a precursor based upon some of the other shortcomings he's had since he's been in Houston as the lead dog in critical moments in the postseason. Anyone can go, and I know there are Harden fans right now going, he averages blah, 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 blah. What are you talking about? Blah, blah. I'm talking about the money moments. The mm-hmm. moments right. Well, I, I, I'm have. glad you brought that up because SportsCenter had a, um, had a graphic today, and I know this will sound crazy um, based on what you're talking about, the money moments, but since the 2013-14 season when he was traded to the Houston Rockets, uh, James Harden has more points in – "Quote unquote clutch time than any other player in the sport." Mm. Wow. Nope. Nope. Not buying it. And, and and it's like you can take your numbers and you can shake them up and you can characterize someone being anything that you want. But we all are ballers here on this show, and we all know what we see with our damn eyeballs. When mm. I mean money moments, I'm not just talking about points per game. I'm talking about, are you able to do what needs to be done? Can you chase down Andre Iguodala and get the crucial block? Can you do the things that need to be done? Yeah, you may get the points, but when are those points coming? You say clutch. I look at clutch totally different than what analytics may look at clutch as. Because to me, there are clutch moments in the second quarter. There are clutch moments in the third quarter. When a team is going on a run of seven, eight points, clutch to me in the second quarter is getting a bucket saying, stop that, you're not getting the double digits. Those are the moments that I'm talking about. And when I look with my eyeballs, I look and I go, eh. in the postseason, eh. that's all I'm saying. That um, those, those moments, for me, based upon watching James Harden, I've watched him a lot, particularly in the postseason, those moments, to me, escape him. Momo, um, what do you think? I think, honestly, I think, I mean, LZ's right. Look, like, you know, I've covered too many James Harden playoff series where he runs out of gas in game six or game seven. And it's somebody but that's else not an that excuse team. anymore now on this team. That's right. not an excuse that's anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I know that he yeah. runs out of gas because he's been carrying the whole load, et cetera. But one of the things I'll say, and I'm just going to steal this from Doc Rivers forever because I think it's such a good point. And Doc said, he goes, look, when you're dealing with LeBron James, like LeBron looks at his team and he, you know, obviously he puts some input in like what we still need and what would help us win. But when it's time to go, he just says, we got me. And I'm going to make these guys win. I'm going to make everybody better. And, like, some of those teams that he went to the finals with in Cleveland early on in his career, even the team he went to the finals with in Cleveland his last year, I mean, yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. If you're, right. like, really that good, then you got to look at that and say, like, if you're really as good as LeBron, if you're in that same conversation, then you look at your team. Like, it should have been enough. Like, he had he had all NBA players on his team the last three years, and it wasn't enough. And, and I think famers. that that's – Hall of Famers, Yeah. And so, like, to me, like, if I'm James, James Harden has a lot to prove. And this is another thing I think with this team, too. And, and I, I don't know if we give LeBron enough credit for this, but we live in a really tough media landscape. You, all three of us know what it feels like when you say something stupid and people start 
kill you on Twitter or whatever it is. It's like a day. It's a little uncomfortable. Your mentions are pretty ugly for a minute. You've got to like shake it off, brush it off, move on to the next. Say you're sorry if you if you need to. Right. But like these guys, like it is real for us. It's like here and there, like little spot fires pop up for these guys. It's every single day. Right. Every single day they are dissected and chewed up and spit out on social media or whatever it is. I think LeBron James handles it better than anybody. I really do. Oh, my God. Think, There's no question. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that is, I think, part of winning in this era. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I think the other three that we're talking about, KD and Kyrie and, and James Harden, I don't, I don't think they Girl. do so well with it. <laughs> you know? LZ, do you think that Kyrie Brooklyn – blaming us for him being absent from the team right now. He's blaming the media probably. I know. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But you know what it is? It's like that's almost part. It's like an occupational hazard now. Anybody in the public eye like that, this is an occupational hazard. You have got to learn how to compartmentalize that and to keep your focus on the prize, right? What's what does LeBron say to keep the main thing the main thing? Yeah. I mean, he's amazing at that, and he yeah. not only does it for himself, but everyone else on the team. Like yeah. last year, Dwight Howard, Mr. Twitter, mentioned himself. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. He didn't yeah. he didn't he didn't get obsessed with that stuff. Yeah. LeBron stole that from Riles though. That's where he got that from. I know, but it's okay. We all steal from each other. No, I okay. know. Yeah. Listen, I do it every day. <laughs> I'm sure Riles got it from somebody else. You know? It's yeah. Like, it's, yeah. You know, that kind of wisdom handed down to handed down, mm-hmm. you know, is is not, you know, it can't be easily traced. I'll just put it that way. And I've always thought it was interesting by our own boredom in this industry how we tend to look past greatness because Ooh. we've gotten bored covering it. And so we try to anoint other aspects because we as an industry wants new stories. We don't want to write the same thing over and over again. But sometimes the story is just a story. You know, I tweeted something earlier this morning that hit me when I woke up. LeBron James is about to enter his fourth White House administration being Ooh. an MVP candidate. Four damn wow. presidents. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That is amazing. Like, yeah. why are we comparing Kawhi to LeBron James? Why no, we, no. It, why, it, why, it, why are we no. doing that? No. It, well, because ask your boy Max. Ask, ask Kellerman. You can listen exactly. to it at 11 o'clock every day on this station. <laughs> Another hot plug. Because yeah. we're bored and we want to do hot takes and we want to, you know, pierce through the noise. But yeah. sometimes, you know what? It's not noise. It's a chorus. It's a yeah. beautiful symphony. He um, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Momo, real quick, before we break and we listen to Greg do what you need to know in his ridiculous broadcaster <laughs> voice um, that LZ missed earlier, um, what? who wins, uh, the Rams or the Packers? Do, the Rams are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Ooh, I want to be on the Ram train, but I'm going to pick the Packers here. I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers got it going. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right, we will break. We will listen yep. to Greg do really a really pukey broadcaster voice for mm-hmm. what you need to know. Uh, and then Momo will uh, leave us just because she wants to hear it. And then Clinton will join us. Uh, we will talk to Clinton <laughs> Yates, our pal, in the 6 o'clock hour uh, for a bit as well. Sedano and LZ, Greg and his pukiness, next.